0: you for joining us on the Hope Church LV podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, I want to be the first to say welcome to Hope Church. Go ahead and open up the Hope Church LV app or visit HopeChurchLV.com and click connect with us to fill out a short digital connection card. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast to help spread hope to the world. Once again, thanks for joining us today. We are very thankful that you are here for what has already been just a very special service. Amen? Amen. We're thankful that you're here in the room. We're thankful if you're joining us online. And I want you to know that today is going to be very unique. Usually in our services at this point, one of our pastors will step here on stage and teach and preach from God's word. And today we are going to look at several passages, but today there are some things that are on our heart that God is doing in the life of this ministry that we want to share with you. So today, more than just a typical sermon, today is going to feel more like a family conversation. And I use that word family intentionally. At Hope Church, here's what we believe. We believe that church is not an event that we attend. We believe that church is a family to which we belong. So as we gather in this place today, before we are anything else, Hope Church is a family. We are brothers and we are sisters in Christ. And for the past two decades, our pastoral team has sought to lead this church family In a way that is marked by transparency. And so today as we share some significant information with you about the life of our church. We want to do so in a way as best as we can. That is marked by transparency. I wish that we could have our entire church family in one space at the same time. So we could all walk through this together. Fortunately that is not a possibility. So a few days ago we actually sent out an email with a video from our pastor. I hope you were able to check that out. And in that video, there was a little bit of a preview of some of the things that we want to talk about today. So as we lean in now, let's have a perspective that this is very much a family conversation. So with that, Vance, I want to flip it to you. And you obviously shared some very, very significant news in the email that we sent out this week. So tell us what God is doing in your heart, what God is doing in your life, and and in your ministry.
1: Well, like Travis just said, this weekend is a little bit different. Uh, If you're a guest and you just stumbled in here on a Thursday night, this is not normal. But, um... (laughs) We're going to miss you. The... you know, what, what, what Travis said is also true. That this is not going to be a sermon uh, this weekend. This is going to be more of a testimony. Um, we've said this to you often, but before any of us are pastors like you, we're just followers of Jesus. We're followers of Jesus who seek to hear his voice, to walk with him personally. And to follow and submit to him as he leads. We don't get emails from God. There is no bat phone where we're able to call and get a direct line like you. We have to kind of stumble through sometimes hearing God clearly. And If I had to summarize for you two areas of the Christian life that have marked my preaching here for the last two decades... It'd be two topics, and those of you that have been here for a length of time, you're going to hear these two topics and say, yep, that's what he talks about all the time. Doesn't matter where he comes from in the Bible, we get back to those two topics. One of them is intimacy with God, that everything about following Jesus flows out of our intimate love relationship with him. The second of those subjects is the kingdom of God. The big picture of what God is doing in the world. If you hear me preach more than two weekends, you will hear those themes come out of my life, out of my mouth. Intimacy with God. We've said it over and over again here at Hope for two decades. But Christianity is not a religion. It's a what? It's a relationship. It's a relationship with a person whose name is Jesus. Let me show you a verse out of scripture. John seventeen three. Jesus said, this is eternal life that they may what? know you and that word know there is a a Greek word that that's not just head knowledge it's an experiential it's a relationship knowledge eternal life is really about a love relationship with God through the person of Jesus Christ where I'll show you a follow-up statement everything Jesus desires to do through my life he'll do out of the overflow of what he's doing in my life relationally we've talked talked about that I've taught you that through the years and 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 that's one of the major themes of preaching this this whole journey for my family in Las Vegas started in intimacy with the father one morning September 1999 minding my own business in my living room some of you have heard me say that so many times you could literally say that part of my story I'm in Luke 4 and I get interrupted by the Holy Spirit of God and he stirs our family to relocate to the western United States and land in Las Vegas and be about planting churches and multiplying the church with a heart for the nations and that's how it all started. So intimacy with God and then the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is this idea that God brought us into relationship with himself so that through the overflow of that relationship, we could all join in the expansion of his kingdom among every tribe, tongue, people, nation. We've quoted this verse a thousand times, Matthew 6, but seek what? What does it say? Seek. Now here's what that doesn't mean. That doesn't mean put it in your top ten list. Yeah, right. It means that you and I as followers of Jesus have to above everything else Seek first this kingdom. Everything else in life is secondary to the expansion of his kingdom. And after preaching those two things for 21 years here now at Hope, ironically this month, 21 years ago, my family rolled into the city. My family finds ourselves and the crosshairs of those two principles in our own personal life and the life of our family. I knew when God birthed Hope Church, I had to position this ministry at some point for life beyond me. I had come here from churches in the Bible Belt, and I'd seen the cult of personality around one person that did everything, led everything, preached every sermon, led every meeting, and I'd watch those churches do this and then do this and then do this and then do this this, every time they change leaders. So from the beginning, I just knew we we had to think about that. Jesus in his ministry, if you follow the ministry of Jesus in the New Testament, you can write this one down. Jesus focused more on succession than he did success. when jesus finished his public ministry at 120 followers that would not have gotten him invited to any church planning conference in the world as the keynote speaker but those 120 6 months later were 120,000 because he'd invested in the right leaders for the next generation of leadership so from day 1 i never preached every sermon I've used a teaching team, even to some complaints sometimes from people. (laughs) If you're one of those, God bless you. (laughs) But we've used a teaching team because we thought always the message was more important than the man. And we wanted you to know that what mattered is not who said what, but what this book said. Because that's the authority. That's the authority. 2007, sixth year of our fellowship, I brought on an executive pastor and began to shift responsibilities of leadership. And by 2013, this guy sitting next to me yeah. shifted into that role of executive pastor here on our team. And literally, since 2013, those of you that are behind the curtain on how Hope Church works know this. If you just are an attender, you don't... But like we've functioned since 2013 more like co-pastors than pastor and executive pastor. Different roles, but that's been the way we've functioned. And that was with intentionality because I just knew someday there would be this moment where hope beyond the life of Vance Pittman needed to thrive. And not just survive, but literally thrive. And so we've been intentional When we did the NEXT campaign in 2017, we launched that now, it's hard to believe, almost five years ago. Like the guy sitting next to me, his fingerprints are all over that. If you've enjoyed the blessing and the benefit of the NEXT campaign, this building, the ministries, the city strategy, the hub, his leadership is so vital in all of that. About two years ago on this journey, Travis and I sat down and I began to feel that my time in the seat that I'm in at Hope through the windshield was shorter than it would be in the rearview mirror. So what do you mean by that? I meant that I didn't know when it would come, but I just knew that at some point, like I'm 21 years, I knew I wasn't going to be sitting here 21 years from now doing this. I like y'all, but not that much. Uh, Y'all are hard, man. It's tough. I got gray hair I didn't used to have. So we started having a conversation two years ago that really culminated in me. I went on sabbatical this year. By your gracious extension, I was able to take some extended time away, which was so desperately needed for me and my family after the last 18 months of ministry. And on sabbatical this time, I had a long period of time, and I really left with one question I wrote down. It's actually in my phone. And the question was, what do I want to do? And what I really meant by that question was this, what is it that God has made me to do? And I wrote down three things. One of them had to do with marriage and family. The other two with ministry and calling. The first one was marriage and family. I wrote down, I wanted to love my wife in a way that she knows she's loved. And make her happiness a top priority. And I wanted our relationship to thrive in a new season of life and ministry. Uh, We're about to be empty nesters. Our youngest daughter's about to graduate from high school. And. Um, that's a new season. It's a new era in our lives together. And Christy and I have always been able to. She's sitting somewhere over here. There she is. (laughs) We've always been able to do ministry together under the umbrella of hope. But, I mean, you saw her. She's up here singing. I'm not doing that. She's in her world. I'm in my world. And God just put a desire on my heart that in the next season of ministry, we would be able to have something where we were more together, investing in the lives of people together. And the second thing about the ministry and fa- marriage and family was we now have grandchildren. And Christian and I, neither one had Christian grandparents. I got to lead one of my grandparents to Christ before they died. Our parents live 2,000 miles away, and for a variety of reasons, have not been able to be very involved in our kids' lives. And um, the distances and, and, and occupational situations have just made it challenging. And as we talked over the summer on sabbatical, I just thought, you know, shame on us. If we win a city and change the world, but we don't make a generational change in our own family. And I just wanted to be able to say that there was going to be a day when my grandkids would tell their kids, man, this is the stuff we learn spiritually. This is the heritage that our grandparents gave us so i didn't know what that meant i just knew god had put that on my heart the second thing i wrote down was ministry and calling i wanted to lean more into my apostolic leadership with a local church base you said what does that mean here's what it means for the last 20 years my primary focus has been little c hope church my secondary focus has been the big c church in the kingdom That's why I travel so much. That's why I'm on airplanes all the time. It's why uh, I'm as much missionary as I am pastor because I have this passion for the nations and the peoples of the earth and the kingdom to be expanded. And here's what I knew. I knew that in the next season for me, that was going to flip. That my primary focus was going to be the big C church and kingdom. And my secondary focus would be little C church, local church, Hope Church. Again, I don't know what that meant. I wrote that down this summer. Third thing I wrote down was God had birthed in me a desire to pour into and raise up the next generation of pastors and church planners in North America. I hope you know this, but I know a lot of you say, man, God's used you in my life in a great way, but I, w- I want you to know this. God has used you in my life. I'm not the pastor that I was when I moved here 21 years ago. I'm I'm better for Christ's sake because of you. You you have taught me. You've allowed me to grow and to to mature and to develop. And I just think God's taught Christy and I some stuff over the last 21 years here that we needed to pass on to the next generation. But again, I didn't know what that meant. Wrote it all down. Got back from sabbatical. Travis was afraid I wasn't coming back. (laughs) Got back from sabbatical. We sat down in the room right over here, big whiteboard. I told him these three things. We drew out a plan. How to execute this, that's what he does so well. Like, we had a chart and a board and the markers, and over the next three years, we're going to implement this strategy, and I'm going to be able to accomplish all this three years from now. And after we wrote it all out on a board... (laughs) I got a text, not from God, <laughs> from Kevin Ezel, who is the president of the North American Mission Board of the denomination that we partner with here in the United States. And I've been doing contract work for the North American Mission Board now for over 10 years. I have a lot of the travel I do, I do on their behalf. Kevin's called me every year for 11 years and offered me a full-time job and every year for 11 years, I've told him no. He texted me and he said, Vance, (laughs) literally, it's time to put on our big boy pants and have a real conversation. (laughs) Uh, Long story short, there was transition taking place at the North American Mission Board. He said, Vance, I've talked to seven people around the country about who should step into the role I'd like to offer you. And he said, all seven of them said your name first. And they said the rest of the people on the list are way down the list. He said, I want you to pray about being the senior vice president of the North American Mission Board and president of the SIN Network, which is the largest church planting network in North America. And all I can tell you was it was literally everything as he described it, everything that I'd written down this summer. So Christian and I began to pray. I went back to Luke 4. And I thought, I can read Luke 4 and be reminded and go, yep, I'm supposed to be right here. I'm going to put it up here. I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also. For I was sent for this purpose. I read that in 1999. I saw in Jesus his passion for the kingdom and other cities. And God filled in the blank with Las Vegas. And we burned the boats behind us. I read it again two weeks ago. And the word that resonated was the plurality of the word cities. That what God did in Las Vegas was never just about Las Vegas. That it was bigger than that. So, after praying and hearing from the Lord through His word, counsel, and circumstances, and God giving Christy and I that sense of peace. The last time I asked Christy, says Christy, "Where are you on having peace from God?" She said, "Vance, I have more peace from God about this decision than any other moment in our lives, except when we were leaving uh, Woodstock in a green Dodge minivan 21 years ago." She said, "This is this is the most peace I've had about any decision we've made since that moment." So I contacted kevin and accepted that position uh to be a part of sin network now let us let's unpack don't don't tune us out you got to hear it all all right so travis you've been in this conversation for a while like a lot of people here after hearing it help us process it what are you feeling
0: well i think i speak on behalf of everybody in the room when i say we are all feeling a lot (laughs) after you shared that But there are three things, I think, for me that have kind of rose to the surface as I've thought about what you just shared. And here's the first thing. I am feeling thankful that we're having this conversation as a church family with a senior pastor who is in good standing. We've all seen the examples of moments like this when there is some story behind the story. And here's what I want you to hear me say loud and clear. There is no story behind the story. For 20 years now, Vance has led with integrity. Not perfectly, but he's led with integrity. He's walked with Jesus. He's been faithful to his family and to his calling. And so... As I hear you say what you're saying, the thing that surfaces first is I'm so thankful for your example and your integrity over these 20 years. The second thing that I think for me that I'm feeling is I am feeling thrilled about this opportunity for the Pittman. For almost a decade now, Vance and I have worked side by side. Uh, I don't have a better friend in the world than this man. He's my friend. He's my brother. He's my pastor. So there's a lot that is stirring in me even as we communicate this with you. But the overarching theme in my heart about this kingdom win is that I am thrilled for this new opportunity to expand God's kingdom for the Pittman family.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But in the same turn, if I'm honest today, um, over the last few weeks, there have been a lot of moments with me questioning the Lord. Asking hard, hard questions. We just heard Pastor Vance read Luke 4:43. Where Jesus says, I must go to the other cities. Well, Luke 4.42 tells us that the people there were trying to get Jesus to stay. (laughs) And that's relatable. There have been moments of questioning the Lord. Lord, why doesn't he just stay? Why doesn't it just remain the same? We got a good thing going here. And there's been a lot of moments for me of just asking hard questions. A couple weeks ago, I was wrestling with this question. Is this the right timing? This is awesome to hear, but is this the right time for this to happen? And I really think if this had been five years ago, I would have questioned the timing. And if this was 10 years from now, I would have questioned the timing. And every day, God has been so gracious in my moments of questioning to give me exactly what I needed for that day. I've done my very best to try to anchor my mind and my heart in God's word as we've walked through this time. And on the day that I was asking questions about the timing of this, I was reading in my time with the Lord in Psalm 16, and here's what I read. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures Forever, And here were the two words for me, path and presence. Because I was thinking about the journey for the Pittmans and the journey for the Ogles and the journey for Hope Church. And the Lord just impressed on my heart that no matter where any of us are on the journey, the thing that will sustain us is the presence of God. So I say that just to encourage you as you process this information, allow your heart and your mind to be anchored in the word of God, even as you ask hard questions. Here's the third thing that as I think about how I'm feeling, and Vance, I want to say this directly to you. I feel fortunate that you've never been afraid to talk about the long-term future of Hope Church. We all know people in ministry and otherwise who, because of their identity being wrapped up in what they do or the risk that it could be financially or them giving up influence, they don't want to talk about the long-term future. But I feel so fortunate for us as a church that we have a pastor who planted this work with the long game in mind, and he desired to plant a church where the mission would continue to move forward even after he transitioned as senior pastor. And I just feel really fortunate that today in this moment, our pastor has been paying attention. He didn't know when, he didn't know how, but he's been paying attention to this moment for a very, very long time. And Vance, I just feel you've made it about God's kingdom and not about your empire. And I'm just feeling really thankful for that,
1: for us as a church. So there's another big question then. And that is, how does this impact our church family? And it really impacts our church family in two predominant ways. It means transition in two ways. And we want to unpack those for you. So Travis, I'm going to let you unpack the first one and then I'll unpack the second one.
0: So the first transition that this means for our church family is Pastor Vance and Christie are entering into a new season of expanding God's kingdom based out of Hope Church. Before we talk about the opportunity with the North American Mission Board, I just want to I just want to highlight for you the kindness of God because God very much could have relocated them to another place in another city or state, but the Lord has orchestrated this whole thing that they remain residents in the Las Vegas Valley and members of this church family. Vance is going to be transitioning to a role that we're calling founding pastor, and we're going to talk more about that in just a moment. But in terms of this opportunity and this new season for them, I'm sure you would agree with what I'm about to say. But if you hear the phrase, visionary leadership in the arena of church planting with a heart for the nations, there's our pastor and then there's everybody else. This is a role that if you've been at Hope for any length of time, you know his passion for making disciples and for multiplying churches. For 20 years now, he has led Hope Church, but he's also made investment after investment in the Big C Church to mobilize Jesus followers to join in the mission of God. And here's what should encourage us as a fellowship, and I don't want you to miss this. As he has traveled around the country year after year, The thing that he has shared about time after time is your story. It's because of what God has done in this place that now one of us is going to become the tip of the spear to see thousands of churches planted all over North America. That's a big deal. Think about it this way we could all give testimony today to the difference that this church, this one church has made in our lives. Can you imagine if there were a thousand hope churches in North America? Because we're talking about an opportunity for Vance and Christie to go plant the DNA of this ministry into 8,000 to 10,000 churches over the next decade. God has given our church, Hope Church, a big vision to plant 300 churches in the West, to penetrate lostness in the West by 1%. I believe, my perspective is, this opportunity is simply expanding that vision to see the DNA, the heartbeat of this ministry, multiplied over and over and over again throughout North America. That's a big deal. And as we were, we were talking about this, uh, we came across a passage of Scripture that I want to read for you. It's from 1 Thessalonians 1, and I believe this gives us such a great example of who Hope Church is in our nation. 1 Thessalonians 1, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example. That's us. An example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere. So that we need not say anything. God has used the testimony of this church, his activity through this ministry, To create an opportunity for further kingdom expansion across our nation. I was praying this morning and was really thinking about our value of kingdom expansion. For us, that means that we seek to join in God's activity in Las Vegas, the West, and the world. And I think what we're sharing with you tonight is a litmus test to determine if we believe that value or not. Because if we believe, if we value kingdom expansion, then we will be a church that sends. Even when that means sending our very best in Vance and Christie. So that's the first transition that we want to share with you. The first way this is going to impact our church family.
1: And let me just add this to that. As the family being sent, I've preached to you for now over 20 years that you got to live with your yes on the table. Yeah, right. I am not worth my salt if I don't live what I lead. Amen. And keep our yes on the table. Even when it's not what we want. Um. And the beauty for us is God's not calling us from here. He's calling us from here to impact beyond here. And so that's a big deal to us. But here's the second way that that Hope Church is going to transition. Hope Church is entering into a new season of pastoral leadership. So what do you mean by that? Well, since Hope Church began, I'm going to put a statement up here on the screen that really describes how Hope Church has been led from the very beginning. We've always been governed this way. Hope Church is led by a plurality of pastors. When we started, there was three of us, three pastors that came here together to start this church who walked together in Christ-like submission with a stewardship team for accountability, wisdom, and counsel. Before we had our first public worship service, we had a lead team of pastors and a stewardship team already in place. I was not going to have a service until we had both of those teams ready and functioning. So we had those teams before we had our first service. In 2001, it was simple. It was a lead team and a stewardship team. By 2010, it had transitioned to being, I want to put a picture up here, since 2010, here's basically how we've led at Hope Church. There's been our lead pastors, our lead pastoral team, our stewardship team, And then there's been Travis and I, an executive team, or Travis or myself and another executive pastor or two in that bubble in the middle. Right now it's me and Travis. And our executive team has been a representation of our lead team working with our stewardship team. This is how we've been led as a fellowship since the beginning of our church. And the way we make decisions together is these teams have to hear from God together. If you took all these teams and added them up, it's about 16 people. And these teams combined... We don't ever vote, it's never 15 to 1, 13 to 2, 8 to 7, until everybody hears from God and we're in one accord, we don't move forward. When we got in this journey, the first thing Travis and I did when God began to speak to me is we brought the lead team and the stewardship team about a month ago together began walking this conversation out with them. And I wish you could have been a part of some of those meetings, man, it was powerful to see the spirit of God move a group of leaders on in in unity together, hearing from God together, I literally felt like we were living in the book of Acts. Some of those upper room, all-in-one accord moments where God just spoke clearly. And we begin to seek the Lord about what leadership looks like in the next season at Hope. And I want to put another graphic up here that will show you what we're moving towards as a fellowship. As a fellowship, we've been functioning this way. We're going to continue with our lead pastoral team, our stewardship team. But instead of a two-person executive team, just me and Travis... It's going to expand to a directional team of pastors, four pastors that will be on that directional team that together will lead as a team as we move forward. And our stewardship team, our lead team of pastors with me as a part of that conversation for part of it. All of us unanimously feel that God has raised up Travis Ogle to lead that directional team here in our fellowship. Now, it's going to be a unique, amen, praise the Lord. It's going to be a unique expression. Travis is going to be our new lead senior leader, but not the primary communicator, the primary preacher. That's not necessarily Travis's primary gifting. He's going to preach some, but our primary uh, uh, preaching will happen from the preachers on our team. But this directional team, Pastor Travis is going to be on that team, Pastor Scott Worthington, who you just saw up here leading worship, who for the last two weekends preached the sermons. And I looked at Travis and said, doesn't that make you sick that a guy can lead worship one week and preach two weeks in a row? Like, like that's not fair. I'm glad God took his hair away because <laughs> <laughs> something bad needs to happen to this guy. But Pastor Scott's going to be on that team. Pastor Edward Paz that God brought to our team. What an anointed preacher of God's word. And then the fourth member of that team is Pastor Chip Riggs. Chip has been. Amen. Chip. Chip was the mission pastor at Woodstock when when I was sent out here. He was my boss. So Chip's been in this from the very beginning. So those four men, and here's the beauty of this. God raised them up right here among us, are now going to lead us forward, and it's like nothing's going to miss a beat. And what I'm explaining to you, and the reason I drew it like this is, it's not any different than the way we've been following the Holy Spirit of God for the last 20 years. It's just expanding that team a little bit so that there are more voices at the table because I felt convinced as I as I study the, the New Testament and watch particularly the ministry of the Apostle Paul, and I'm not in any way saying I'm the Apostle Paul, but when Paul would plant churches as the highly gifted apostolic leader, when he would leave those churches, he would always replace himself with a team plurality of elders in the church singular. And I think part of the reason for that is it's hard to step into the shoes of the founding guy because you're always compared to the guy the beauty of this is nobody's trying to be me nobody's trying to be my role there's a team of guys together that are going to function in the leadership gifting God's given them to carry hope forward in the mission that God has given us So, Travis, as as somebody that I've now worked with for 17 years, somebody that he came to Vegas and did a skit in my living room as a senior in high school when we first started this thing over 20 years ago, somebody that, Travis, I've watched, you've held literally every job in our church except Teddy's, I think. Like, you've, you've done it all here. But here's the beauty about Travis. He's never aspired to the lead seat. He's content to be in the shadows. He's content to be in the background. You see me and you you, you praise God for, but listen, you'll never know this side of eternity. You will, I'm telling you, you will never know how God has used this man. Listen, I'm telling, honest truth, this transition in my life probably would have happened seven, eight years ago had God not raised him up. He extended the bandwidth and runway of ministry for me by almost a decade because of the gifts and abilities that this man has and who is willing to do it in the shadows with no praise, no pat on the back. Travis, is somebody who never sought to aspire to the seat that you're about to be in, how do you respond to all that?
0: Well, I want to affirm that I've never wanted Teddy's job. <laughs> ever. <laughs>
1: ever. And we're all glad of that. I've heard you sing.
0: So I've been able to serve. I moved here when I was 23 years old. And I've been able to serve in a lot of different roles at Hope Church. And honestly, here's been my perspective. I've never had a secret agenda for a position or a title. I've always just before the Lord said, God, whatever responsibility you want to give me, I want to steward that to the best of my ability. And here's what the Lord has done. In that process, he's allowed me to clarify my gifting, and he's given me more opportunities for influence. And so when this conversation began to happen with our lead team and our stewardship team, um, I really had to seek the Lord about it. And my wife, Shara, and I were talking through things. And I remember specifically one Friday, I just communicated to her, I need some some time today. And it was just really a day for me and the Lord. And that day, I kind of lived in the book of 1 Timothy. And there were two phrases in the book of First Timothy that God used to deeply speak to my heart about this opportunity. And the first one is in First Timothy chapter four. Paul wrote, "Do not neglect the gift you have." I should not and would not step into a role in this church or any other church that forces me to act out of character. To who God's made me to be. I do not aspire to be Vance. I aspire to be Travis full of Jesus. But as my wife and I had conversations and spent time with the Lord, I really sensed a peace that if our lead team and stewardship team came to a place of unity, that me stepping into this new role was the very best thing. Thing for Hope Church then I would absolutely do it to the very best of my ability but I could not neglect who I am as a follower of Jesus as a leader and as a pastor so I just felt the Lord impressing do not neglect the gift you have but here's the second phrase it's in first Timothy chapter six guard what has been entrusted to your care God has allowed me to invest the last 17 years of my life into this ministry. I've met my wife here. We've had children since we've been here at Hope. God's allowed me to grow up, and I I am looking at a church that is so full of the activity of God that it's unbelievable. And I feel a responsibility, along with other pastors on our team, to shepherd our church well through this transition, and on the other side, see us experience the bright future that God has for us. Think about this. Right now, God is using the hub to impact our city. We just launched a congregation in Henderson that's doing unbelievable. We've got some exciting things in the pipeline with church multiplication. Pastor Tom is leading us so well to engage nations with the gospel. What God is doing here is powerful and it is rare and we must protect it. We must keep it pure so God can continue to grow this vision. The mission of hope, the values of hope, I believe are going to continue to shape us. But the Lord spoke to me and said, you must guard this precious gift called Hope Church that has been entrusted to the care of the leadership here. So those were two very specific places in God's word that he spoke to me about this specific role. And I just want to say, you guys see us here on stage today, but we've got lead pastors in this service. We've got stewardship team members in this service. And I cannot overstate the way they have served you and served the Lord in recent weeks. My love for them my respect for them, my relationship with them is deeper because we have walked through these days. And I just want to tell all you men, I'm honored to call you my brothers. I'm honored to serve alongside you. And I am expectant as the next generation of leadership at Hope Church steps into place about what God's going to do in and through us.
1: Amen. And our, the, the way we decision to go. Amen. Go ahead. Praise the Lord. So um, let me just, let me add this. You saw those two boxes. There two diagrams a minute ago. The bottom one here with those four guys in that, that circle, that directional team of pastors that's going to fill that void that I'm stepping out of. Let me just say this. And my family, we're, we're in this church. We're here. But I want you to hear me say this. I would trust any decision in my life to those four men. I'm just telling you. I'll trust any decision in my life to those four men, especially knowing they're walking in the council of the lead team of pastors and our stewardship team. This church is in good hands. And for me, listen, for me, John wrote this in 3 John. He said, he said I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Man, the joy for me is that most of the guys in this group, they're like spiritual sons to me. And to get the privilege to place my family under their leadership, it just doesn't get sweeter than that. It's like the, I can't even explain it. It's just, there's a joy that's incredible. But you've heard me and Travis and I, we want you to watch quickly a little short clip. Some of our stewardship team, some of our lead team, some of our staff team. There's a longer version of this. It'll be posted online somewhere. But, but we want to show you some snippets of just, I want you to hear others. Because I know you're thinking, yeah, I know what y'all are saying, but what other people? So we're going to show you. Here's, here's what they're saying. Watch this video.
2: Philippians 1.6 says, He who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know, one of the things that excites me the most about this
0: transition for Vance is knowing that this is exactly where he's
1: gifted it. I feel like God has been preparing Pastor Vance for the last 21 years for what's happening today. It was his plan, right? He knew what was coming. None of this is a surprise to him. And now I'm thrilled that Pastor Vance is gonna be able to take the DNA of Hope Church and spread it across all of North America and beyond. Vance has such a leadership capacity, uh, more, more so than anybody I've ever known, and just the opportunity to see how God can use him in an even bigger way to,
2: to impact more churches and more people uh, for the kingdom, I think, is super exciting, and I'm, I'm just so thrilled that we get a small part of that. Vance didn't come to Las Vegas to start Hope Church. He came to be a part of what God has started. This calling goes beyond Pastor Vance. It's a calling
0: for Hope Church. We're living out our mission to reach the nations and to reach the West through our pastor.
2: When we first heard about this transition, when it was first communicated to us, I think what really spoke to me and stood out to me is the unity. So there was a gathering where we had the stewardship team together and the lead team together
3: and there were about 16 of us. And everybody had the opportunity to share their thoughts, their feelings, um, really their insight over this decision. And what was extraordinary is that every single person said that they felt that this was the will of God. What, what stands
1: out to me as the most special aspect of that would be probably God dependence. I think there was just a very sincere unity around really wanting to hear from God.
4: We all had peace, and we all felt confident that this is where the Lord wanted us to go, and we all said, yes. I think there was
1: 17 or 18 people in the meeting, and throughout the entire discussion, there was complete unity. Everett to a man, complete unity, and and
2: everybody embracing this, this direction ahead. Watching God, the Holy Spirit, just move in that room, and hearing that we were all on one accord i'ma tell you what that that was a moment for me um we're gonna be all right hope church we're gonna be all right
1: i want to encourage you that the mission of god and the mission of hope church has not changed that what we started out 20 years ago is the same that's going to continue to be walked out And we've been so blessed to be able to have Pastor Vance lead us in those first
2: 20 years. Hope is still going to be Hope Church. And we just need to trust God and move forward in this next season. And I believe that this transition is an incredible expression of the faithfulness of God to Vance and his family as well as our church family.
0: Pastor Vance has done a really good job of raising up leaders. And I'm just excited to see the next generation of people that have been raised up in Hope Church lead us. I believe that we have all that we need right
2: here at Hope Church to take us into the future.
3: I mean, it's been amazing to see the way God has raised up leaders and pastors to take the baton.
0: So this next season is something that we've been preparing for for the past 20 years.
2: The leadership here is well equipped and that's why we don't have to go out and look for someone else god's
0: called the right people here and that yes we have an awesome leadership team but i also believe in you as the church because at the end of the day you are the church and so god has called the right people here for such a time as this to come together and say that we are the church
4: it's just awesome to know that god is going to continue to to just raise up disciples, to send out missionaries, to raise up church planners, to change the city one person at a time, and it's still going to happen through the vehicle of hope.
2: God knows exactly what he's doing, and so the fact that we have what we need when we need it in-house is all because God has a plan. God has not forgotten about Hope Church, and that Hope Church is not built on one man. Hope Church is built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. One thing that I can say Every person in leadership is God-dependent. And I believe our dependence on Him has prepared us for this time today.
1: So what we've just shared with you, we're going to be unpacking over the next several months. We'll be walking it out. I'm going to give you three key dates. All right, three key dates. Number one, January 6th and 9th. That's the weekend, the Thursday and the Sunday. Pastor Travis and I are gonna do this again and unpack a little more for you what the future leadership is going to look like. Give you some biblical guidelines and parameters. We're gonna do this a little bit more. So that's an important weekend about the transition of leadership. March 1st, that's the calendar date that the switch flips. March 1st is when... I will no longer be employed at Hope Church, but I will be employed by the North American Mission Board and Send Network, um, but it's not until April 28th and May 1st that I will then preach my last sermon as the senior pastor of Hope Church. April 28th, May 1st, that weekend, I'll preach my last sermon as the senior pastor and transition to my family being a part of this church and being in the role of founding pastor. You say, what does that mean? It means a couple of things. Number one, it means that I'm going to be available to this new directional team as they need me for advice, counsel, input, instruction. Now, I'm not offering it when they don't need it. It's like a dad whose kids have had kids. My children that now have children, they get my advice when they want my advice, right? Moms and dads that have walked through that, you got to let them do their thing. But you're still there when they need it and want it. When they need it and want it, I'm here. Secondly, you're not done with me. I'm going to preach six to eight times a year here at Hope Church. So as a part of this team, I'm going to continue to teach here. But I'm going to be teaching as a part of this team in submission to the new pastoral leadership in this church and look forward to doing that with incredible joy. And then my family will get to be a part of this fellowship. And I can't think of a greater joy than to get to be sent by the church that you planted and still get to be a part of it in this way. Like It's like I get to have my cake and eat it too. It's awesome. Um... There's also going to be, I know you got questions. We've created an FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions Sheet, that you can get. It's either at the uh, hopechurchlv.com slash transition or on the screen right now is a QR code. You can, with your phone, take a picture of that QR code. So if we can just get that up on the big screen up there where they can see that up on the big screen. Uh, so if you want a QR code that, you can go there. we got an FAQ that will try to answer any and every question that you could possibly have. About what we've shared this weekend and the transition moving forward. Now, how are we gonna close this? That's how we're gonna close this. As you read the book of Acts, 26 times in 28 chapters, the church prayed together. When they were given the original mission in Acts 1, they got in an upper room. And until the Holy Spirit of God fell in power, they just sat on their knees and prayed. So I'm going to ask our stewardship team members that are here tonight and our lead team of pastors that are here to come up on stage with me. And they're going to join us here on stage. We're going to kneel all over the stage. And I'm going to ask as many of you who physically can to do one of two things. Either come join us in this altar and kneel all over the front or turn your seat into an altar and pray right there. But if you're physically able, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and start coming right now. We're going to get in this altar and we're just going to pray together as a fellowship and seek God together as a fellowship. So go ahead and move. Don't wait on somebody else. Just go ahead and start moving. And just find a space, kneel there. Our team's going to get up here and we're going to kneel here all over the front. And if you're not physically able, you just turn your seat right there into an altar. The rest of us will just begin to kneel. And I've asked three of our, two of our lead pastors and one of our stewardship team members To voice a corporate prayer but listen while they're praying you're not listening to them pray I'm asking you on behalf of this fellowship to stand in the gap right now and beg God together we're going to ask God to bless we're going to ask God to move in power we're going to ask God to pour out his spirit and we're going to ask God believing that the greatest days of hope church are not behind us they're in front of us the greatest days are in front of us So we're going to ask God to do it, and we're going to ask him to do it for his name's sake and for his glory, all right? So let's bow together, and Scott, David, David's going to pray first. David, you pray first, man.
2: Heavenly Father, you are mighty. You are wonderful. You are big. Most of all, you are faithful. Father God, none of this has caught you Off guard. You're not surprised by anything. But Father God, right now I just lift up every person in this room and within the sound of my voice. Father, as a family of faith, I'm asking for your mercy, protection, and grace upon every one of us. The psalmist wrote, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help, and my help cometh from you. You are the source of our help, the source of our strength, and we look forward to you just guiding us through this season, Father. We thank you, thank you for what you're doing, for your activity here at Hope Church, and we pray that we will continue to ride your wave your precious wave of activity here. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, I pray. Jesus.
3: God, the Bible says to honor each other when honor is due. And God, right now, I want to honor my pastor. I want to thank you for Vance. Would you just take right there, wherever you are, whether you're down here or you're in your seat, just take 15 seconds and just thank God for what he has done in your life through Vance Pittman. God, I prayed it earlier in a prayer meeting we had about tonight, but I remember the first time that I went out to Chili's with this man and I was just a kid. And God, I'm so grateful for how you have used him in my life, and I am one of thousands. That by your grace, not because his goodness, not because of his charisma, but by your activity and grace in his life, God, thank you for how you have blessed this church and blessed our lives with Pastor Vance. But Lord, this is not Pastor Vance's church. This church is not built on Pastor Vance Pittman's foundation. This church is built on the foundation that is Jesus Christ. And God, thank you that for 20 years we haven't been promoting a man. We've been promoting Christ and your work. And so, God, this isn't shocking in a way that makes us go, what do we do now? We continue to praise God. We continue to preach Christ. We continue to say that there's more activity of God in this city, the West, and the world. So we're grateful. We honor Pastor Vance, but we thank you for allowing us the privilege of him pastoring us for almost 21 years. But you're not done with this church, God. You're not done in this city. You're not done in the West of the world. And so, God, right now we stand in awe of who you are and we praise you. We need you, God. Not because Vance is leaving. We've needed you every single step of the way. So thank you, God, for this time. Thank you for what you're going to do because you are God and you do God things. And we trust you to do more, like your word says, exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. That's what we're hoping for, God, and that's what we're expecting because you are God. We praise you in your name. We pray.
4: Lord, we thank you. Lord, I praise you for uh, an authentic, honest, transparent leadership. Lord, what a gift tonight to be able to experience this together. Lord, we're grateful. We're grateful. Lord, we're grateful for Pastor Travis. We are grateful for 17 years of faithfulness, Lord. We thank you for raising him up for a moment in time. Where, where you knew that his leadership, Lord, and his temperament and his humility would be exactly what this church needed. Lord, we praise your name. We praise your name. And we ask you, God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would fill him in a fresh way, in a fresh way to live out the calling that you've placed on his life, Lord. And would you give all of us to a person a heart that submits to him as we submit to you. That ultimately, we're following Travis because Travis is following you. So help us, Lord, submit to you by submitting to the leadership that is before us, Lord. And we thank you for the days ahead that as we humble ourselves that you're going to do your work through us, that you're going to glorify yourself through this church. And finally, one more time for every person here, with the myriad of emotions that are going through their mind, through their heart, Lord, would you be God to them? Be God, be Emmanuel to them this Christmas season in a way that maybe they didn't know they would need you as God. God, would you be close? Would you be near to the brokenhearted? And not just near to the brokenhearted, Lord, would you also implant fresh hope, fresh excitement, fresh vision for the future ahead for this church? Lord, we love you and we will, and we say today, we will seek you first in your kingdom, in your righteousness. And we believe that all things will be added unto us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: And as you make your way back to your seat, we're going to sing one final song of worship. We're going to have some pastors down here at the front. Listen, if you're here today and you heard me say at the beginning, Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. And you want to know what that means? You want to know how you can have a relationship with God? You can come to one of these pastors. And they'll talk to you about how you can have a relationship with God. Or if you just want to pray with a pastor about something going on in your life, your health, your job, your family, this is a moment we're just going to worship together. I think after what we've experienced this weekend, we need to worship together. So let's all stand together. Our team's going to lead us in worship. Our pastors are going to be here. As God speaks, you respond right now.